welcome to this edition of the Thunder Underground Podcast. I'm Trent, and as usual, I'm joined by Jason. What's up? Not much. How are you doing? I'm great. Good, good. We uh, we don't have a guest this week. We've got a couple coming here soon in the next couple episodes, but we wanted to, to throw something out this week, so we thought we would kind of do a, a talk about some new uh, music that's out there that we're digging, as well as some stuff that's coming up in the future, some shows, yeah. some new music, and just some other random things. Right on. Yeah, you know, uh, just got off work, you know, relaxing with a brew. Let's see it. You know, let's talk about some rock. Let's talk about some metal. Let's do it. Let's do it. So what do we, uh, what do we want to start this with? Uh, I lost my list. Lamb of God. Lamb that of a, God. Is that a good starting point? That because, is a great starting point. Because, the, you know, you could talk about Lamb of God for quite a bit if you wanted to go into a great detail about, you know, what's been going on the last couple of years. Oh, Definitely. But we would assume anyone taking the time to listen to a podcast like this probably knows what Randy Bly went through and all that stuff. He's got a new book that just came out, which you haven't got that. Have I have not read it yet. I plan to, though. Yeah, I'm sure that's a good read because he's been on a couple podcasts recently and the stories are great. You know, he's a great a great storyteller, so I assume that the book will be, will be the same. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean... You know, spending a month in a Czech prison has to be, uh, there's a story in there. Definitely. And so, he's got a lot of them. So, it's <laughs> it's got to be a great read. Yeah, and speaking of spending that time, you, you would think as a musician or an artist, it gives you that uh, inspiration, I guess, to write. You know, I don't know how, you know, I'm not the, the hugest Lame of God fan, so I don't know how the writing split up between them, but I think it's, isn't it heavily like him and, and Mark? Yes, or, Yes, Randy and Mark write a lot of the lyrics, okay. you know, and I, I can't remember, you know, exact. I think they all kind of throw in on the music. Right. Um, you know, I have read that uh, Randy Bly has said that the new record, uh, Sturm und Drang, <laughs> Seven, is, there's a few songs on it about, you know, his experience in, in when he was incarcerated, but a lot of, most of that is for the book. Oh, okay, cool. So, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, the record touches on uh, a little bit more than that, so. All right. Well, from my my point of view, this record is, you know, I don't know where I would rank it, but it's pretty close. It'd be pretty close to the top oh, of yeah. everything they've ever done. Yeah, I like it. I like it better than the last one. Yeah. Already. And I mean, I'll, I'm just going to say this on record, you know, that... Overlord is my favorite Lamb of God song I've ever heard. Nice from the first first time I heard it, and it wasn't even <laughs> it wasn't even like that's eh, close. You know, it might be up there. No, it's my favorite song by them, hands down. Nothing's close, really. And I know that you know I would assume for you know someone that's a big fan of them would probably think that's idiotic, and that means well he probably doesn't really like them a whole lot because yeah. it sounds nothing like their other stuff. Yeah, but I love all their other stuff. Yeah, it's just this. I guess this is more akin to stuff that I grew up loving because it's, it has that real. I think I told you after I first heard it, it has that, it has a testament feel to it, and you know that '90s testament ritual kind of era. Yes, and and it does, it definitely does. And we had also mentioned, I, I you know, I just wish that the first time I heard that, it was like on the radio or like, somewhere where I didn't have access to like Sirius or you know playing it myself where I knew what it was. Yeah. 
and I could have just sat there, you know, thinking, man, this is kick-ass. I wonder who this is. Yeah. And then, you know, three and a half minutes into the song. How know. how blown would your mind have been to right. go, holy shit, that was Lamb of God? Yeah, because instantly, yeah. as soon as he starts singing halfway through, well, you know who it is. Yeah, you definitely, there's no doubt, right. you know. But leading up to that, it's all new territory for him. Yeah. And, you know, even the guitar, like the guitar solo right before it, you know, gets heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just... It just kicks ass, and and there's a lot of stuff on the, you know, there's other songs like Embers, you know, the chorus of that, he's singing clean, and I think there's a couple other points. Yeah. So I, I would just be interested to hear what, you know, a diehard fan, you know, thinks of it. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, from my point of view, you know, just being a, you know, I love the band, but I'm just kind of, you know, I've been here and there throughout the years where I'll go through periods where... You know, I listen to him nonstop, and then I don't listen to him for a long time. So yeah. it's kind of, to me, hearing hearing the clean stuff, you know, it's pretty badass. So. It's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think if if you are a diehard fan, then you will love it. Yeah. Because, you know, if someone's going to be, if someone's going to say, oh, he's singing clean, you know, he's sold out or he's a pussy, then they're not a fan anyways. Right. That's what I believe. I feel that it, it's uh, progression, it's natural, you know, maturing uh, in songwriting and playing, and uh, it was it was badass to hear, and you know, really proud of those guys for doing that, and uh, you know, <clears throat> Lamb of God to me has always had that like Pantera like. Uh, vibe is in like their fan base and their their stature in the metal world you know right uh they even had that same kind of progression where they the, yeah the, where they got real, real big before the, anybody even knew who they were unless yeah, you were a metal fan yeah exactly and you know they really it was a gradual thing and it built and you know there's different personalities and you can have a you know to the point where you can have a favorite guy, you know. True, that's a good point. And uh, I just, there's so, so much like Pantera in that respect. And I just think that's a neat thing. I think the the metal world needs that. And I just think it, the new album it is, you know, it's dedicated and it's focused. And I, it just seems so much more, less scattered than the last one, the last couple it just, you know, I don't know, it, it just seems, I, it's like, I say this a lot, you know, something, there's a feeling, something in the air, a vibe, and that sounds corny, but I don't know any other way to describe it. But I say that a lot with different stuff. Um, but this is just a, uh, this is a cool moment for that band, and, you know, we're lucky that we get to witness it. Yeah, I think that's a good point with progression, because I think for them to be around you know, another 15, 20 years. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know if there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of older dudes out there that, that maintain their voice. Yeah. But I don't know if a guy like that, that sings guttural like that can maintain that into like his sixties or something. Oh yeah. No like doubt. where with someone like Rob Halford, you know, or Bruce Dickinson, yeah, they just work on maintaining the quality of their voice, he, you know, he'd have to work on maintaining, not like screwing up his voice like Tom Kiefer's had to go through, you know, because it's such a, a yeah. strain on your vocal cords. Yeah, yeah it'd have to be. 
but yeah, that's and they what did it debuted at number two, right? No, I think number th- or three or two, three, one okay. of those, which it, is is always good to see a. You oh, know, yeah. in, in this day and age, I know that doesn't hold as much weight as it did 10, 15 years ago because of the way the music industry is, but it's still yeah. a huge thing because it doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's not, you know, as metal fans, we don't we don't hope and rely on chart positions for our favorite bands. But at the same time, when you see, you know, one of your bands way up there, it's just kind of like a little middle finger right. to, to all that mainstream shit, you know, and... Going back a few minutes to Randy's vocals, you know, once again, the point I've always, uh, I'm not a, I'm not big on growly stuff. I used to be, you know, I went in and back and forth, in and out on that kind of thing, but I've always loved Lamb of God and their vocals because no matter how guttural or growly uh, Randy gets, you always, you can understand every single word. Oh yeah. And yeah. I think that's like the perfect, you know, combination. When, you know, him and Jamie Josta, guys like that, you know, you know exactly everywhere, you know, because in some death metal, you have no idea. And that's just when I check out a little bit. Right. So uh, this is just, it's a the perfect combination. Well, um, moving on to something else that just came out. Actually, this past, just this past week is a new album from the Dead Daisies. Yeah. Which they've been. This is their second album. They've been around a little bit, and they kind of, you know, they've got a little steam behind them just based off the fact that they've been on some good tours over the past couple of years. They've been on some great tours, yeah. and they're they're gonna be on them still. Yeah, and I mean, for a band that a lot of people might not know about, I mean, they've opened. They've been on tour with Kiss and with Aerosmith. They've been on the Kiss cruise, and I think they're doing that again, maybe. Yeah. They right now opening for White Snake. Yeah, and if you're not familiar with the band, it's kind of a, I I don't know enough of the the background. I know that it was started by two guys in Australia that aren't that aren't heavily known and you know like big names. Yeah, and anytime you read stuff about them, it always says a music collective. So I think it's kind of meant it was never meant to be a permanent. Yeah. You know, just kind of come, you know, a rotating thing. It'd be a revolving door, you guys. know, kind of like that Camp Freddy thing. Yeah. And I know, you know, currently it's uh, Richard Fortas and Dizzy Reed from Guns N' Roses. And why am I drawing a blank? Uh, Brian Tishy yep. is playing drums and Marco Mendoza. Yes. Which are both former members of White Snake. That's right. On tour with White Snake, which is kind of cool. And. Mendoza also is in Black Star Riders, which is another great band to check out if you haven't. And and of course, the new album features John Crabbe on vocals, which, which is, is really the the icing on the cake. Yeah, to me, I mean, I'll be honest. Before Crabbe came along, all I had heard from them was that Lock and Load song that, mm-hmm. that Slash played on. Yeah, from like a year or two ago. Well, who sang on it before? Because they're kind of they're new to me. I'll admit. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the guy's name. It was oh, it was wow. one of the two guys from Australia. Oh, I see. I see. And he he was he's not like a household name in the rock, I see. you know, which sounds dumb that I can't tell you who it is right here. But and it, it was good stuff. I mean, you listen to their first album. The guy's got a great voice. Yeah. And they were a great band before Karabi. But the reason 
I've listened to this album for the last four days straight nonstop for the most part is because of John Crabby. Oh, definitely. And the fact that, you know, that's one of my favorite singers of all time. Yeah, that, that song Sleep, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That that one got me. That's a, that is a great fucking song. And Empty Heart. Oh, yeah, that song. Yeah. Uh, that was, I, I hit repeat a couple times on that one. Yeah, that's like the first song I go to now, and then I go back yeah. and listen to the rest and of the that, stuff. And that's, yeah, well, it's when you know... You you just go to that one, or you hit repeat. <laughs> right. It, you know, it, it's shit that we've talked about before, but that's how you know you've got a great song. Yeah. And the very last song on the album, called uh, Last Night. Yeah. Just has this, you know, perfect old-time yeah. 70s kind of rock and roll, you know, Aerosmith, Rolling Stones kind of vibe. Yeah. Which is what the whole, uh, the whole thing kind of is. It's just, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's a little amped up, a little more... You know, heavy than you expect from mm -hmm. the Stones or Aerosmith, but it's got that same kind of classic, just good old-fashioned kick-ass rock music vibe to it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, coming from a fan of Karabi, it's really good to, you know, to have him back on record singing. He, well, singing, he, I mean, he, you know, singing rock music. I mean, his, his solo album came out a couple years ago. Yeah. I love it. It's great, but it's acoustic. And yeah. before that, I don't know how many years it had been since... Union I mean, or... he did the well, he did that twenty four seven thing several okay. years ago, but even that's been well. Here. You know, the thing is, is that we're we're such karabi nuts. I'll say it right now, and you might agree. I don't know if it wasn't for him being on this album, we wouldn't be talking about it right now. Yeah, it would have been something that so I would have caught down the road. Probably. Yeah, he is the clincher for us. Yeah, and he really does deserve. He deserves these slots with White Snake and Kiss and. You know, I, Motley Crue fucked him over. Uh, you know, I think they threw away a good talent with him. Yeah. And he deserves to be, uh, he deserves to be up there a little higher than he is. So this is great to see him, uh, you know, playing in Finland and down in South America and opening for all these big bands. He deserves it, for yeah. sure. And, I mean, maybe it's taken, you know, he's, you know, it's been over 20 years now since that Crue album. And he's still, in my opinion, one of the most underrated Oh, which is basically what you, were just, what you were just saying. Well, you know, but, what, what's he now in his late 50s? Yeah. And we saw him at Downtown Lounge uh, solo, and he sang his ass off. Yeah. And it was just amazing. And he sounded as good as he did yeah. 24 years ago, oh. or 23 years yeah. ago. Yeah, perfect. And uh, the other cool thing is, you know, with the Motley Crue coming to an end at the end of this year... Mick Mars has said in a couple interviews that, you know, he's going to continue making music because that's what he needs to do to survive, basically. That's all right. And uh, he's mentioned hoping that he can work with Krabi again. So that's something else that, you know, hopefully happens because it would continue to, you know, keep Krabi in the spotlight where he should mm -hmm. be. <laughs> yeah. And it also would give us great music again because, you remember, there are two guitars together on that Molly Crew album. That's where, right. What do you think? Amazing, yeah. What do you think? Uh, what do you think? Some new stuff from those two would sound like. I don't know. You would expect it to sound like that '94 album, yeah. but at the same time, if it's going to be written off, I mean, that album was heavily written by Nikki Six and and John Crabbe together, yeah. Yeah. and this would have no Nikki Six involvement. But you know, everything we've heard that Crabbe's ever wrote on his own is great too. So yeah. I don't. It's kind of. It's kind of hard to say. You don't know if what 
you know, if they're looking to, you know, do something different or if they're trying to recreate that sound they had 20 years ago or what. It'll be interesting. I hope, I hope, I hope they do get together. Yeah. For sure. Well, um, moving along, Symphony X also had an album come out a couple weeks ago. Yep. And this is another, you know, we throw the word underrated around a lot around here. And, uh, this whole this band itself, you know, has been pretty underrated for the most part. Yeah, their I mean, whole career. Yeah, I mean, they've got a solid fan base. That's how you know they're able to still be around after twenty years. Yeah, but there's still a lot of people that listen to metal that don't even know who they are. Oh know? yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I I admit I I'm not as familiar with them as I probably should be. Yeah, I mean, I I love the band. I'm not, you know, such a a fan that I I know every song you know on every album. Yeah. I just, you know, I listen to stuff here and there, and I've always, you know, it's just one of those bands that it's always been quality. Yeah. Well, and their stuff is so just, you know, machine gun fire, dolphin ass fucking tight. Yeah. And and, and just executed perfectly. It, it's, I mean, if you, if you really want some, you know, just, uh, you know, explosive uh, machine gun type, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Just like badass, you know, just metal punched in the face, and this is it for sure. Yeah, I mean they're uh, they fall under that progressive metal category, kind of like you know a Queensrÿche or a, yeah. a Dream Theater or you know that kind of like. But the vocals from Russell Allen have always been great to yeah. me because he's. Uh, he kind of moves across, you know, moves on a different planes where he's real kind of, yeah. he's got that real rock, you know, kind of oh, yeah, he feel. Can do that. And at the same time, he's got the real, he can go high like a Queen's Riker or a Dream Theater. Yeah. And then See, I, I, it's a more maintain that middle road like an Evergrey or something where it's real, yeah. you know, it's melodic, but it's still kind of, you know, yeah. it's got that punch to it. I, I never, I mean, from what I've heard of them, I don't get a too progressive vibe. It just seems to me like, you know, priestish, maidenish type kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, and Primal Fear. They remind me a lot of Primal Fear. Yeah, it's good. Uh, and I love that band. So uh, you know th- that that's the vibe I get. And it's just meat, good meat and potatoes, fucking metal. Yeah. I think. Yeah, and the new album, you know, is is great. The song, I know one that jumped out of me was Kiss of Fire. And there's a couple other songs on there, you know. They've, you know, they've got some of those eight, ten minute long songs, you yeah. know, in the vein of a lot of those those type of bands do. But it's definitely worth checking out if you've never oh, been into them, or sure. if you're a adrenaline, adrenaline mob fan, you've liked what you've heard from them. Be sure and check it out because he's Russell Allen is also the singer of that band. Yes. Okay, move on to something else new that just came out recently is Joe Satriani. And yes. This. Uh, <clears throat> You know, I'll just say my piece real quick. I've I listened to it once, you know, so far, and it's great. The guy, you know, obviously doesn't play the guitar and it not sound great, but I can't really go into great detail, you know, other you know what I heard. Yeah. He, you know, it's always it's always got that Satriani feeling vibe where you you know you hear it, and you know who it is. Which yeah. Is a good thing. But I know you've always been a, a bigger fan than me. Oh uh, well, right? you know it's. Especially with this stuff in the last 10, 15 years, for me, 
you know, you're going to get, I don't know, for me it's hit and miss. And that's nothing to do with his talent or anything because the guy can play circles around anybody. He fucking taught Steve Vai, for God's sakes. Right. And, you know, the guy is a master. <clears throat> but in the last 10 to 15 years, he, he'll he put out an album that is memorable and fun and has some great riffs and some insane solos. And then he might put out, you know, one that doesn't really grab me. You know, uh, the last one, Unstoppable Momentum, I really love that one. There was four, five, six songs on there that were as good as any summer song or Flying in a Blue Dream or, you know, uh, Satch Boogie. And it just really memorable and just signature Joe Satriani. And I just, I haven't felt anything from this one. Maybe I need to, you know, come back to it later, or maybe I just need to listen to it over and over more. But I just, so far, it's called Shockwave Supernova. I mean, it's amazing because he plays guitar on it, and that's always amazing. But, you know, and he just, he, he does so much stuff. You know, he puts out a new record every year. And, you know, I think he, for me, he's kind of getting into that black level society thing where you put something out every year, and it's it all starts to be kind of fillerish, you know, right. starting to sound like filler, you know. And Black Label Society took five years off, came back and did another album, and it was way more focused. And you know what I mean? Right. I'm not kind of trying to compare them. It's just the situation. It seems like. Right. So I, I think I don't know. I just uh, I don't know. They I wish they'd do another Chicken Foot record. Right. You know, give Joe a few years off and then come back to a solo album. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point about un, the Unstoppable Momentum because I remember the first time I heard that, I I went back to it and I listened to that quite yeah. a bit. You know, you I listened to it at work it. or whatever. Yeah, and it's it's really memorable with this one. I, like I said, I liked it when I listened to yeah. it, but that like, this was last week and I haven't went yeah. back to it since. Yeah. Well, it's like yeah. a buddy at work who, that's all him and I talk about is, Steve Vai, Eric Johnson, Joe Satriani, uh, you know, yeah. um, just all those guys, <clears throat> and uh, Guthrie Govan, all those instrumental, and you know, and I said, well, so what do you think of the new Joe Satriani? He goes, what? I said, yeah, Joe Satriani's new album came out today. He's like, I didn't even know that, and you know, it's because you know he's always putting something out there. And it's just you take you you start to take it for granted, yeah. And and I had to tell him about it, and I still don't think he's listened to it. <laughs> so it's just you know, he needs to you know he needs to break it up a little bit. I think. Do you think though, you know, based off of what we've heard from Satriani and and Sammy Hagar over the last couple months, do you think Sammy Hagar will ever do another Chicken Foot album? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. It doesn't seem like it. I would like for him to, but I kind of understand why. Right. You know, so I just don't think, I don't think they will. Which is, you know, it's funny because I, I don't remember if we talked about this or if Eddie Trunk mentioned it on that podcast with Satriani, where it was, uh, you know, or maybe Satriani mentioned it himself. I just remember the point of, you know, his whole career and life, you know, he's been a, a guitarist on stage you know, just playing guitar with that, you know, a backup band. Yeah. And this is the first time he was a, you know, a member of a band. So it was kind of a whole new feeling for him. Yeah. And he, you know, he digs it and wants to keep doing it. 
So hopefully, you know, there's, you know, the world's full of, you know, kick-ass musicians that I guarantee you would would give their left nut to get on oh, stage in a yeah. band with Joe Satriani. No kidding. You know, so it's like, you know, why doesn't he go out and, you know, try to find some other people to, you know, fill the role that, you know, Sammy and Michael Anthony and Chad Smith filled, you know, and just make another band. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just... I could see him doing some shows, but I just don't know about a record. Yeah. So, you know. So that, I mean, that's my hope is that Satriani just comes up with something new, you know, with yeah. another all-star super group or something. Yeah, that would be, you know what, who, who could, who, I bet there's people out there that we could like, we could make the super group right now <laughs> and we'll start putting it out there. We'll start hashtagging it. We'll tweet it. We'll Instagram it. Start a rumor that it's start, happening. Start a rumor, you know, and... You know, maybe maybe it'll maybe it'll take on. You know, maybe it'll get get some people thinking. Maybe he could just Probably. join the Winery Dogs. That as would a second be awesome. <laughs> no, Joe Satriani's not a second guitar player to anybody. That's, damn it, that's true. No, but all serious seriousness, it would be it'd be cool to see him do something with a band again. Everybody. John Tempesta could play drums since he'll play drums for anyone. Anybody, yes, that's right. And do it well. That's right. Maybe, maybe they could, uh, one of the, maybe one of the 17 dudes that have sang for Jakey e. Lee in the past week <laughs> could, could, could audition. Yeah. You know, why the fuck not? <laughs> well, there's a good segue. You wanted to bring that up. I um, did. That's a, you know, I mean, from a fan's perspective, <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know if it's a good thing or if it's a sad thing or what, but to see that. You know, because I know you thought that it's not going to continue, but it keeps continuing, and they keep... I know. It just keeps coming back. Yeah. You know? Uh, I'd, I'd read some... Something around the time that he got the, the third guy, I guess it was. The guy we saw at Rocklahoma. Yeah. Um, and I, his name's escaping me, but I'd read something... All their names are escaping <laughs> all of us, because we can't fucking keep them straight. You're right. You know? But he, I read something that it was su- supposedly the idea was never to have a permanent singer. And yeah. I don't know if someone threw that out there just to try to save face or what. Could you be. Know. But, you know, it, it could be true now because they were on their fourth singer and now they're back to the third guy again. You know, so I, I well, maybe that is true. Maybe they're... It back just to the th- no, they got the first guy. Oh, it's the first guy. The, the guy on the fucking record. It's back in. It's back oh, okay. in the band. I was confused. I thought it was the see, guy. See that just how left. confusing this is. <laughs> right. I mean, we are we are fucking established rock nerds. <laughs> we know this shit inside and out. Right. <laughs> you know, I can't tell you who the vice president of the country is, but goddamn it, I can tell you <laughs> right. all this shit. Yeah. Just by the way, I know who the vice president. Is. I'm just making a point. Right. And we and we still can't keep this stuff straight. You know, they've literally had like five guys in less than a year and they've had 32 bass players but you know that's not as important but, but anyways but the thing that someone might say is jakey lee's name is in the in the, the title of the band yeah it's jakey lee's red dragon cartel yeah and to be honest if you go to a show 95 percent of people there are only there to see him play Shot in the dark, and you know and, what? Uh, and that's true. And you know, you're or, right. And, or to see him play, you know, High Wire, or whatever. You know and, the songs he's known for. And there's definitely, there is definitely the thought of, 
in this situation, the singer is not the main thing. Yeah. But at the same time, when it gets to this amount, it, it gets a little like, what the fuck are you guys yeah. doing? Are you having bad luck? Or yeah, is it something is it, that got, he's doing? Or yeah. what? You know? I, I know, because it's it's got to affect the chemistry and it's got to affect the performance somehow. I don't know. Right. You know. But based off of you know what I know, what I've seen, or what I've heard is the first album was great with that guy on vocals. The guy that we saw sing live at Rocklahoma sounded great. Yeah, he did sound great, but uh, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. And they're working on a second album now with that guy. All right, moving along to uh, some other new stuff. There's uh, at least three new uh, singles that came out in this past couple weeks. Yes, we. We don't have albums yet, but we have right. little inklings, little uh, you know, little filings ends right. of you know stuff coming out later on. And two of uh, two of them are bands that we've been huge fans of for yes. a while, and another oh, yeah. one's from a band that I've always kind of liked, and you always kind of haven't liked. Yes. But so let's start with that. Have you listened to this new Striper song? No, I have okay. not. I have not. Um. Uh. I I love. I love the sweet Lynch. Uh, I love the sweet Lynch thing. I've never ever been a fan of Michael Sweet. Or is, which one is which? So I don't get some stupid Robert Sweet or Michael Sweet. Which one's a singer? Michael Sweet. Okay. Fuck yeah. I'm there. <laughs> I've never been a big fan of Michael Sweet's voice, especially in Striper. All those records back then, I just couldn't get into it. Um, you know, I knew that there was control there and there was talent there. It just wasn't my thing, kind of like uh, the Scorpions, but <clears throat> but for some reason on that Sweet and Lynch record, you know his voice sounded a lot. I don't know, I'm, maybe it was with age or something. It sounded a lot better. So I'm open to it. I'm definitely open to it. You know, that's been my guess is that because I always Striper was kind of one of those bands that was kind of just like Europe to me, where mm -hmm. it's along this. You know, it's even got the same style of of sound where yeah. it's I like all the stuff I've ever heard back in the day, but it was never to a point that I, I ever bought an album. Yeah. I ever, you know, loved them to a point of, I would list them when I was talking about bands I loved. Yeah. But I've always just, you know, I liked his voice cause it's good, but it's at the same time, it's just something I, you know, was here or there kind of indifferent towards, even though I didn't, you know, I liked it. Yeah. But it kind of turned for me. Um, man, I don't know how long ago it's been six or seven years ago when they did the covers album yeah actually i think it was because it was when they played rocklahoma and you know i watched them there and they they sounded great and i think that was like 08 or 09 and uh and that was around the same time they put out that covers album and i listened to the whole thing and it was i mean like their cover of heaven and hell i was about to say what what covers did they do they did black I sabbath heaven and hell you and, know i think i remember something like that. i might have to go back and revisit yeah. this stuff and it was great and they did they also did Peace of Mind by Boston because it was around the same time that he was singing he with was, Boston. Okay, okay. You know, he sounded great on that. No band, you know. And then after that, in the, I don't, I, I'm off of my timeline, but it was in the past few years they released a new album. And it was a, it just had more of a, a heaviness to it than mm -hmm. the old stuff did. Yeah. Which was just, you know, melodic hard rock. Yeah. That kind of, like I said, went in that kind of Europe style where it was just kind of, eh, whatever. Yeah. You know, to me at least. I know there's diehard fans out there of this stuff. But, so this new song, you know, is in that same vein where it's just, it's 
it doesn't sound like Sweet and Lynch, but it's got that same kind of power to it. Yeah. Where the music is more, and his voice is, is not, you know, is, it's still high, but it's not as, you know. Yeah. Singy as it used to be. Yeah. If that's as, the right word. It's not as sweet as <laughs> right. it used to be, and I'm doing the goddamn finger quotes. Right. So, I, know exa- I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And I think it's called Yahweh, or I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I yeah. assume that means something that, you know, I'm too dumb to know. But You're not dumb, Trent. Oh, thank you. Well, at least I can do. <laughs> right. Well, so what do you think of uh, this new Seven Dust song? I thought it was really good. I thought it was... Uh, it, it's it's Seven Dust. You know, they, they know what they do, and they know what they do well. They're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, I think that... Seven Dust's formula is, their formula is what they do, and they do it fucking great, and, you know, you hear all these bands, especially bands of their era, you know, talking about, oh, we made the melodic parts more melodic, and the heavier parts heavier, you know, and it's all just bullshit, <laughs> right? Right. But that is what Seven Dust does perfect. They they were one of the pioneers of of all that, and they're not posing and they're not trying to, you know, go for a certain market. That's what they do, and they do it honest and true, because they've got heavy. They've but they can sing and be melodic, and uh, you know they're great at having a groove, and you know so many bands took from that, but Seven Dust is like the originators of it, and they do it the best. Right. And, you know, and I think that they're just like, like, they're the, I've always thought that they're kind of like, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm probably going to catch some shit for saying this, and I'm not comparing them. It kind of like a bit ago, I was, you know, the Lamb of God to Pantera, but, you know, Seven Dust is... They've got the same path, I think, as the Ramones in a way, where they were pioneers of something, and they're always going to be the guys, you know, playing the clubs, playing the Canes ballrooms and the Cotillions, when, you know, Disturbed is playing the fucking Enormo Dome, and that's bullshit. You know what I mean? And that's just... And I know that the Ramones and Seven Dust couldn't be more farther from worlds apart, you know, than any other two bands. I'm just saying that kind of their path is the same way it seems like. They've got a solid true fan base. They're very influential, but they never seem to just kind of get up there where they should be. Right. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason. And uh, I think that, you know, I just like that they keep doing it no matter what because they love it. And it's a great song, and it's just more of more of the seven dust that you know and love, and you know it, it's uh, you know they're not they're not uh, they're not reinventing the wheel, but they're still melting faces, yeah. so it's good. Yeah, I always kind of thought they were uh, their path was like a you you know I don't I I read this way back when, but you you know when they came out it was kind of in. It was right before new metal hit. Yeah. And then new metal hit right at, it was probably around the same time. It was like yeah. 96, 97, right? Yeah. 97. And uh, 
they tended to get lumped into that category, yeah. but they never got as big as those bands because they were too metal. They were too like straight up metal for yeah. a new metal fan, but they were too. They still had some of those elements that turned off the diehard metal fans, yeah. heavy metal fans. Yeah, and so they kind of fell in that middle category where, you know, people like us that liked both sides, liked yeah. them, and yeah. anyone that latched onto them loved them because they never, you know, they were, you know, they've been like you said, solid their whole career, and it's kind of like, it took them a while, but they came out the other end, and like you said, now they're just kind of one of those respected bands yeah that, totally they kind of just fit their own even though they're metal they just kind of you know who it is because they've got that sound they've got that that amazing vocals and yeah and, and it's just, like you say you know who it is and this one thing is they don't fucking sound like anybody right. they don't sound like anybody they sound like them and if nothing else in their fucking career ever happens they at least know that they're in that small club of bands that small group that can say they don't sound like anybody Right. You know, try us. You're not you're you're not gonna find somebody that we ripped off of, you yeah. know, I think. And uh, you know, you can tell their influences, but they really they really molded something unique and uh, that's something to be proud of. Yes, yeah, so definitely looking forward to that that new one. That's I think comes out in September sometime. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, if that new song's any indication, or if their past is any indication, we know it's going to be. That's right. It's going to be at least a solid effort. That's right. <laughs> and uh, and I might add another reason why I like them so much. They never had a fucking rapper, and they never had a DJ. And <laughs> right. that's why I think they're still around today. Is you know they just, it's just tried and true, you know. Right. So, anyways, moving on. I just you know. <laughs> Okay, the third single that we mentioned is from Trivium. And this one, uh, I already forgot the name. What was it? When the Silence snow, in the Snow. I knew Snow was in the title. Silence in the Snow. And this, It's okay, Trent. When you fall, I'm there to pick you up. Well, thank you. That's why Don't I, worry that's about why it. Here, right? That's all right. Well, that's a, an apt title because it sounds like a power metal song. And when you think of power metal, you think of snow. Snow, right? yes. Mountains. Mountains. Wolves. Furry boots. Yeah. Eagles uh, flying around and, and wolves howling. and Damsels and maidens. Yeah. Dragons. Exactly. And that's what you think when you hear this song. Yes. And it, from beginning to end, that's what it sounds like. There's no turn to where, you know, his voice gets, you know, into that guttural thing that, you know, he does good. Yeah. And, you know, like, in waves or whatever, you know, yeah. in the last few years, this is just... You know, straight up has this power metal vibe. So, what do you think? Uh, you think I haven't read anything outside of that. You know, I don't know if the whole album's supposed to be this way, or if this is just like a track they did that that has that vibe to it. Or, well, it's kind of interesting to see where the rest of the album's going to go. I tell you what, I hope I hope the rest of the album is like this. Yeah, I, I love his clean singing. I I'm glad he's doing more of it. Um, you know, I, I think it, this is a leftover track from Shogun, from the Shogun era. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and he, because they had a press release with the song, and he said that. And so, yeah, I mean, and it's, uh, I love it. I think it's catchy. It's got a kick-ass solo. Um, the vocals are awesome. I just, you know, I, I think if you, 
if you can't get on board with this for whatever fucking reason, because he's not screaming or whatever, then, you know, whatever. That's ridiculous, because this is, uh, you know, it's it's solid, and it's catchy, but it's heavy, you know, he's singing, he's singing great, so uh, it's it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're another one of those bands that's always kind of been on that same level of two, like a Seven Dust, but they've, they've, yeah, uh, yeah. They've got a big fan base that kind of spans different genres of metal. Yeah. People like him. Well, but and you know, I don't know if this might, hopefully it might open them up, yeah. you know, because, you know, power metal fans are pretty finicky bunch if that's what they're, yeah. you know, that's yeah, what they're, they if they that's are. their own, you know, because I'm a fan. I yeah. love all that stuff, but I'm, it's not my top priority when it comes to metal, but I love that stuff and i am gone to a lot of shows the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, hopefully... You know, those fans of those kind of bands will be a little more open to at least checking it out. And maybe this will open the door for Trivium to, you know, to expand. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I liked, you know, I really liked when they put out the Crusade. That was more Anthem straight up. You know, if you like Metallica, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Saxon, you know, the Crusade is the album for you. Right. And that's right up my wheelhouse. I loved them before, but you know I, I I don't mind when bands do something different. A lot of people, it, you know, pisses them off. I like seeing that. I like seeing what they're capable of. I like to see them piss off the mainstream. I like to see them piss off their own fans. Yeah. Because if you really, like I said before, if you really get that pissed off, you're not a fan. Mumford and Sons. What? Hey, hey, <laughs> you know point. we can totally step out of that for a minute, out of our whole metal genre. And I'm not even a huge Mumford and Sons fan, but I love the fact that they went electric and right. completely just pissed everybody off right. and made everyone's vaginas hurt. That is just fucking brilliant. I love <laughs> that, that they did that. That song "Believe" is massive now. I I haven't even I heard it once on Saturday Night Live. I don't even yeah. care. I'm yeah. just glad that they did it. I mean, like it, when it, Bob it, Dylan went, right? went electric, you know. <laughs> Anyways, back to metal. Back to Thunder Underground. Uh, so I, you know, I, I like that, uh, and this is to, and this song to me is just another, another left turn that you know I'm can't wait to see where it goes. Well, like, you know, it's a good point with you mentioned the Crusade and everything. Trivium's whole career has kind of been every album is kind of a turn from the last one in a way. Yeah, it, it kind you of know, has its own personality. Each one, you know, has a different you know kind of vibe to it. Yeah. You know, it's always had that, you know, his vocals are recognizable and, you know, mm-hmm. the guitar work, you know, is great. And, you know, it's always been kind of even in the, you know, most of the stuff's been anthemic even early mm-hmm. on, you know, like Light to the Flies, you know, has that great melodic chorus. And, yeah. You know, whatever, but it's just everything they've ever done has kind of been a shift from the previous album. Yeah, and, that, and that's okay. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, most bands don't have... You know, maybe they don't have the desire to do it, or they just yeah. don't have the balls to try it. You know, yeah. so it's kind of cool that they keep. Well, and and I think that, uh, you know, and I I think that European fans are a little bit more okay with that. I think, right. and they have they have a large following outside of the U.S., which is you know probably what keeps them going, yeah. and that's a kind of a a one up they have on a lot of other bands from their era from their genre you know that start out the same time as them 
you know, they can go play, they can go play Europe, and, you know, they're amazing. And here, you know, they probably couldn't even fill Kane's ballroom or something, you know, so that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of concerts, just this other, just the other, well, I say just the other day, yeah, it was this Sunday was the final show of this year's Mayhem. Ah, uh, yes. In yes. Dallas. And then the next day, or I don't know, it was the next two days, that article came out with the quotes from the promoter. John Reese, yeah. Yeah, where he said, I don't know that he confirmed it, but he basically made it sound like this is it, you know. Yeah. It's, it's it's over. Yeah. So, well, but he also then made a comment, you know, from, I don't know what his comment was, but something about from the ashes, you know, something bigger rises, that yeah. kind of that kind of thing. So it makes it sound like he, there'll be something next year and whether it's something else or what. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you, you know, I mean, I've, that's been around what, eight or 10 years now. Yeah. I've never been a single time. Me neither. And it's, and it's not, there's been several years where I wanted to go a lot, you know? Yeah. There's been some years where I thought like this year, you know, it was the top three bands I liked and then I didn't give a crap about anything else. So I was like, yeah. you know, and there's, there's been other years where, like last year, I wanted to go just because the opportunity to see Body Count is never around, and that yeah. was, a, you know. But I'm like, I'm not going to drive two hours to see Ice T pay for 20 minutes, you know. But well, and see, that's the thing that I never, I never got too uh, worried about not checking this festival out was because you know one what was it one year they had a uh, Anthrax on there on some third fucking stage and they played four songs. Right. It's like, fuck you. I'm not going to drive two hours to see that and then to see, you know, Disturbed play a whole hour and a half, you know, but Anthrax gets to play four songs. <laughs> you know, up your ass with that shit. No. And the same thing, I, Megadeth did that one year and had like, they could only play five or six songs. So, it, it's, it, it, so I must figure it's not geared towards me i don't know right maybe it is if you've got slayer headlining or something but it just uh you know the way the way they did that was just a little weird to me uh it's great to get as many bands on a festival and expose the music to as many people as you can but you know when you've got a a, a legendary pioneering band you know that should be you know, that are playing at two o'clock in the afternoon for four songs. Uh, no, uh-uh. right? Sorry. Well, I mean, it was kind of, like I said, not really geared towards us, I guess, because it was. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like a new generation's Ozfest, you know, which Ozfest mm-hmm. was our our thing in the late nineties and early two thousands. Yeah. We yeah. went to several of them, and you know, it's the same thing. You know, it's great that kids now at least have something like that they could go yeah. to and you know and something else will come along yeah these things have a shelf life of about eight to ten years just like yeah. Ozfest did so it's just it was bound to happen i mean you you know i would hope you know even though like i said i've never been to one and yeah i'll say another point why i've never been to one is because every time it came near us oklahoma city or dallas it was always now the end of july beginning of august when it was 105 degrees outside and i don't yeah. want to go yeah. stand through several hours of bands i think are okay just to see one or two I really like. Yeah. You know, when I can probably see them on their own show in a couple months. Exactly. (laughs) But it's, as a metal fan, you always want something like this to be around, you know? 
Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, just to help, you know, younger bands get exposure. Help, you know, I know Jamie Joss has mentioned it on several occasions that, it, you know, it's been good for them, you know, yeah. to get more exposure. Yeah. So, you know, it helps out, you know, older bands, even if, you know, it wasn't playing for four or five songs sucks, but maybe it turned on some 13-year-old kid to Megadeth or Anthrax. Yeah, I mean, I may, maybe it's a smart move. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I will say... This this is the year I really wanted to go, like really, really, really wanted to go, because King Diamond was on it. But that can segue us into the next thing. King Diamond is happen happening to well, I can't talk. Sorry, <laughs> King Diamond just happens to be playing here in Tulsa in December now, playing Abigail in its entirety, and that's going to be better than a Mayhem Fest appearance. Well, yeah, like. Uh... The press release with all with the dates. With Exodus, <laughs> god damn it. Like all his dates got released and the tour got announced the day after Mayhem, which, yeah. you know, they always do that because, yeah. he, you know, you're, I, you know, you a lot of those festivals have... You don't want to take away from have, what's going on. Well, they have know. that contractual thing where they can't announce mm-hmm. shows within the same proximity mm-hmm. of another show. And, you know, as soon as the Dallas show happened, yeah. then I guess they can announce shows in this area. That's right. But, so yeah, to... You know, to be able to see him in a headline set, you know, performing that a classic album, you know, in a theater, which is kind of where you expect to see someone like King Diamond. Yes. Will be a cool vibe. Oh, yeah. And you the know. fact that, you know, I mean, I, I know you wanted to talk about this, like kind of how we grew up and were never really huge fans of King Diamond, yeah. per se. But, so, there's a little part of me that's almost a little more excited about seeing Exodus. <laughs> Oh, even well, though, yeah. Even though because... We never did see them. I was never, you know, I was never a diehard fan of them either, but I never, I've never seen them. Uh-huh. And so I'm really excited to see them. So, I mean, this is just a great show because oh, it's, it's two bands. Oh, it's going to be a great show all the way around. And, you know, and King Diamond is one of those guys where, you know, I don't want to get too long-winded, but to break it down, you know, coming up, me, I, I know you were, but me, I know, it was just straight up... You know, Thrash, Big Four, Testament, um, and then you know we got hit with the hair bands that we loved, and then we got hit with the grunge stuff that we loved, and we just kind of went Pantera on. And Pantera like and you know all all the newer newer breeds of stuff you know that that came from the Big Four and stuff like that, and you know that was it to us, and not until maybe the past fifteen years. You know, starting in the early 2000s, did I go back and go... I mean, I always obviously knew of Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and Saxon and Merciful Fate. But I never really, you know, other than a couple of listens, I never really got into it. And, you know, I just decided to get into it and see what it's all about. And you end up just kicking yourself. You know, why did I spend my time, you know, thinking that I need to, you know listen to you know the third Limp Biscuit record you know because I was trying to go for what was new and what was hot and you know what was you know when I could have been fucking listening to Merciful Fate or Saxon or Iron Maiden and so you go back and you start digging through all this stuff and it's just amazing shit uh, you know so and you know King Diamond was down and out for a long time yeah. you know heart problems, surgeries, whatever, this and that. So to see him do a full set is just going to be, it's a treat, a total treat, and I'm totally looking forward to it. And, you know, I just, 
it, it, it's to the point where you wish you could like go up to these guys and apologize. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, I, I honestly, when I was younger and even into being an adult, I just didn't like his voice. Really? Um, I just, I was, I was, I didn't hate it, but I just like it always just kind of turned me off. And it wasn't until, you know, a few years ago, you know, I heard some Merciful Fate and I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's pretty cool. And I just kept listening to more stuff. Once you got deeper into it, it's just yeah. kind of like it's such yeah. quality stuff that yeah. just that eventually I was cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, right. I, I can't really say that I didn't like his voice. I just never really heard any of it. I mean, I, I was that ignorant to it. Right. So when I did get into it, and if you, you know, and if you don't like, you know, I love when King Diamond goes up really high and hits those notes, but he's also got that badass mid-range, yeah. you know, that is just... Listen to the song he did on the Roadrunner All Stars. Oh yeah, you know when he gets that badass mid range evil tone. That I mean, you can't get any more badass than that. <laughs> and so I mean, it's just it's just gonna be great. I'm uh, very thankful to get to see this. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of surprised that it was coming here. I oh, figured that, it would yeah, be. Yeah, I was very surprised. You know, because I remember whenever <clears throat> it played, uh, he played Dallas late last year, I think, and we had talked about you know. This might be the only chance you get to see him, you know, play yeah. a full headline set. Yeah. So luckily, he's been able to get through yeah. his problems. And because I remember what it was a few years ago, whenever he came out on stage in Dallas with Metallica. Yeah. And it was a big deal because you know he hadn't been seen in public in years. He hadn't. Yeah. And yeah. he'd had the heart issues and all that. Yep. And uh, you know, and also this show at Brady Theater, uh, King Diamond Exodus, powers are be or listening. If anybody, you know, that has any kind of clout, you could have Severmind or Driver open up the the show. Maybe both. Yeah. That'd be a good uh that'd be a good strong bill, just saying. Anyways. <laughs> but after that, or no, before that actually, Buck Cherry and the Sons of Texas are gonna play the Brady Theater. Right. In September. And that's gonna be insane. Yeah, just because you know, I've loved Buck Cherry since they came out. Yeah. But getting to see Sons of Texas again is yeah. huge for me because we just saw them at Rocklahoma, and we mentioned that on the Rocklahoma Review, how how great this band was live. Yeah. Their debut album came out earlier this year. We're both huge fans of it. I it's, listened to it the other day on the way home. Yeah, it's great solid. Stuff. I mean, it just it doesn't get old. It's like it, yeah. they're not reinventing the wheel in the least, but it's it's just solid, great, hard rock, heavy music you know that's just there's no bullshit you don't have yeah. to skip around songs it's all badass yeah so that that'll be cool to be able to see them you know see them live again yeah. maybe maybe they're probably a little longer set i hope so there's someone else on that bill uh, above them really i think aranda or oh someone. saving abel oh, save, so that's when i'm gonna go take a piss and grab about 18 beers so as for uh buck cherry when's the last time when's the last time you've seen them uh God, I don't know. I really don't know. It was it at that festival with Shinedown and Static X at Oklahoma in Oklahoma City, or we saw yeah, the Kane's Ballroom. Well, no, they played. No, we saw they played Rocklahoma after that. Oh yeah, Rocklahoma. Yeah, that's been three or four years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, we did see him at Rocklahoma. That's right. Well, and you know, and uh, you know, uh, oh, I saw him after that. I saw him at did, Bill Street in Memphis. Yeah, did they have a new? record coming out or anything to promote or they just keep going on tour 
Yeah, that because that well, that's another single we could have mentioned. They had a single come out a few weeks ago. Really? Yeah, and I think the album comes out. I'm in missing September. that. I'm falling asleep on that one. I didn't even know. It's called "Bringing Something Back" or something. And really, I mean, it's good. It sounds like you know classic yeah. Buck Cherry, I guess. Well, uh, you know, and they're another band that they always get lumped in with the the all those watered down radio bands and I hate that because oh, yeah. they're more they're they're more rude they're they've got more they're raw they're powerful than than that and I just hate that people lump them in there with that I've never understood that you know yeah I guess it's because they had their their couple big hits with crazy bitch and sorry yeah and you know but still but, those don't sound anything yeah. like all that that's true. You know, watered down, yeah. you know, uh, just stupid shit. Yeah. That's why I just, I never got that. But hey, you know, at least they're out there. Yeah. And those, I mean, their first, uh, their first two albums are still the best. Oh, man. By far. Those are just landmark, just insane yeah. records. Time Bomb is their best. It'll always be their best. Yeah. Uh, anybody that says it's not is fucking high. <laughs> Most people would say fifteen because they're idiots and they like they only like crazy bitch and sorry because yeah. they like water. Well, isn't that their first record? <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't trust those fuckers. Yeah, and the other thing is, I've looked uh, over the past, you know, just since like we've mentioned, we're kind of geeks. I've when I get bored sometimes, I look at setlist.fm just mm. to see what bands are playing that I like, and I've looked at Buck Cherry set list over the past few months, and they. They they've rotated songs in and out. It's not the same set list every night, and yeah. they're they're playing like slamming and whiskey in the morning and uh, riding. Good. They got to keep so, those songs alive, man. Yeah. They've got to. I mean, because there was that period where they wouldn't play anything off Time Bomb, and yeah. if they did, it was riding, and that was it. Yeah. And I think I even saw Porno Star in one of the set lists. Yeah. And there was always at least one or two of those songs off that album, and then for the movies, I or want them to and play, Lulu. I, I want them to play underneath. Yeah, I want him to play that again. I don't yeah. know if that'll ever happen. Or place in the sun. Yeah, <laughs> what a great fucking song that was. Yep, agreed. And even the one I loved, um, Black Butterfly. Yeah, that one that had Too Drunk was kind of the only song that people might remember from it. But um, that album was great from beginning yeah. to end. I, I loved yeah. All Night Long. That was a great album. Great song. Yeah, you know, good stuff. Can't wait to see him. Going to be a great show. Yeah, definitely. It's always great when a great a band that you love has another band that you love opening. For oh, I know, so I know. It's going to be, and that's how uh, both those shows are. We just mentioned with King Diamond and Buck yep, Cherry. Yeah, and again with Buck Cherry and Sons of Texas during Saving Abel, hit the bar. <laughs> Perfect. They did that for us. Yeah, they did it for us. And another show is I was going to mention. I'm going to go to Whitesnake, which is next. Yes, you are. That's it's just be. a, I think that's a week away from tonight. I'm actually. pretty sure you're excited for that one. Yeah, which I always am. You know, I've seen them a couple, some, they played Tulsa two nights in a row a couple years ago. I saw both those. Because you're and, a geek. Yes. Both two nights in a row, first row. <laughs> yes. And this one is at the joint at the Hard Rock. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about this is that they're playing, you know, they're promoting the the purple album so heavy you know at least i don't know if it's half the set list but a good six eight songs in the set list are the deep purple songs yeah 
So that's going to be cool, you know, because they've always, you know, White Snake's another band that they've got tons of radio hits, but they don't play them every show. Yeah. And he, he, you know, I think he sticks, he's one of those guys that sticks to the same set list throughout a tour, but every tour it's completely different from the last. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, never gets stagnant, yeah. you know, like Iron Maiden does or something. Yeah. Or it's always, always kind of themed or something yeah. towards a, an era like his last one was themed around that, uh, the '84 album with John Lord and mm-hmm. John Sykes and all those guys. Oh, yeah. So well, it was heavy on that album. And you're you're gonna get uh, you're definitely gonna get a treat this time around. I wish I was going. I wish yeah. I was going. Joel Hoekstra's first tour with them. Yeah. So that's there you go. Be interesting to see. For sure. So I guess the. The last main thing we wanted to talk about was was Rat. Oh, man. I, how could you almost let me get away <laughs> without talking about this? And people would be like, well, what's there to talk about Rat? They don't have anything new. Well, <laughs> there's there's new situations, which is kind of... <laughs> the hell you say. <laughs> there's, you know, there's always something to talk about with Rat because one of them always run in their mouth. Yeah. Whether it be... Bobby Blotz or Stephen yeah. Piercy mainly. And let me, yeah. let me, let me just give you my opinion, which probably doesn't mean anything but a lot of them run their mouth without saying anything <laughs> right well the the thing is that we're going to talk about is the the touring bands here but you know this has kind of been a cliche of the of the the glam era bands over the past 20 years there's always been yeah but but these guys are taking it to a new level right but there's always been a few of those bands that there's like two versions of them out there. You know, like currently, Great White's still one of them. It's like there's not two Great Whites, but there's Jack Russell's Great White. Yeah. And then, you know, and it's always kind of insane with Queens right now, even though it's called Operation Mind Crime. Yeah. But the key thing is it's always, there's always a band with the vocalist, and then there's always a band usually with everybody else. And it's kind of like, you know, as a fan, if you're a big fan, you know, kind of pick whichever side you like more i guess and then you know your moderate fans usually you know kind of move towards the singer yeah you know because that's what a lot of people recognize or relate to my rule is go with a band that has the most original members left in it (laughs) right however i would definitely see jack russell's great white if i had the opportunity yeah well we're gonna have the opportunity but we're not not talking about that yet the reason we're bringing up rat is because Stephen Piercy's been touring now for like at least a year or two, mm-hmm. and I, I can't. Remember, does he call it Stephen Piercy's Rat, or is it just called Stephen? Piercy? No, I think I think if anything, I think it's like a Stephen Piercy of Rat or yeah. the voice of Rat Stephen Piercy. Which, I think it's just how which I get that. Yeah, it makes you know? sense. I mean, especially a club wants to promote that. Yeah, you want to bring in as many people as you can. Yeah, and then you want to we don't remind people this, this is the voice of Rat. Yeah, which makes sense. And then normally, then there's actually, then there's Rat, yes. you know, where everybody else is in it. this case, there's not Rat. Warren Martini. I don't know what he's doing right now. Yeah, who knows? Who fucking knows? But what we've got now is, I don't know what this, I think Bobby Blotzer's Bobby experience. Bobby Rat experience. Rat experience. And then, what's the other one? I saw the poster for it the other day. It's, uh... I think I think it's billed. Maybe I should look it up, but my phone's almost dead. But fuck it, who cares? 
<coughs> its bill is Rat Juan Crucier, and they've got their big rat logo, and then a little comma and a little S, and then Juan Crucier in little thin cursive fucking letters. <laughs> and, you know, he's got a whole new band. And he's singing. And he's singing. Which, you know, not to knock him, I think he sang most of the backup stuff. Yeah, like he was the voice like back then. Well, know? that's fine. And, you know, they probably sound great. Well, you... And Bobby Blotcher's Rat Experience sounds great. And, you know, with... It's like... It's, it seems kind of corny and, you know, all that shit to talk about. You know, but Bobby Blotcher kind of has the right idea. He's doing experience. He's got a little tribute to Robin Crosby. They're doing rare songs. There's a meet and greet afterwards. You know, whatever. He got a solid band involvement at Sin City Centers. Right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, but you've got, you know, Rats, Juan Crucier. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess it's all cool, but it, it just seems to get a little silly at this point. It just right. seems to be getting a little silly. Which, I mean, you can't really knock the guy for like, hey, you know, I mean, I, if he wants to go make money, if people are going to show up. Yeah, you know, because I mean, he's if you're a big rat fan, that'd be cool to see because you know there was a he was gone for for a long time, many, many years. He he wasn't even back until the last what year or two, right? Yeah. Which 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 one do you think will do the best? Well, if you had the three on the same night, I would assume the Stephen Pierce is always going to win. Yeah, probably. But of those two, I would think Bobby Blotzer because of what you said, yeah. because he's the way he's billing it. You know, like hey, come meet Bobby Blotzer and come. Listen to you know, and if you're a rat, if you're a big fan of the band, it'll be, you know you hear all these songs live that you haven't ever heard live, mm-hmm. probably, or since the '80s. Yeah, and yeah. you know See, the, that's kind of what I thought. I figure Bobby Blotzer might have the 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 leg up, you know. But I think the other one with Juan is kind of a, like you said, you know, they're displaying the rat logo and then like oh, and it just it's yeah. just Juan, you know. But yeah. it's, so it's kind of let's trick people and get them into the club. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, it it just seems like, you know, you've got three of them out doing it. Well, let's, you know, let's check our egos at the door, put on our big boy pants, and figure this out. Because there there's, there's tours to be had, there's money to be made. The last record they all did together, Infestation, was bad fucking ass. You know, and bands from that era... They don't do. They don't come out with new records and do that good and get accolades like that because the shit isn't that good. Right. I can think of two records from bands from that era, new records that were like, you know, wow. And that's Rockaholic by Warrant and Infestation by Rat. You know, and Infestation was even bigger. I mean, they had like you know, they had legit people you know just applauding this album. And, you know, they let it go all to shit. And I just, it's sad that they can't, you know, check their egos at the door and, you know, do the right thing. Yeah. You know. I know Stephen Pierce, he said that it's done, it's never going to happen again, but you know, like any of that. You I assume, never fucking know. I assume it will eventually. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It has to. Someone offers them enough money to headline M3 or something or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or a festival in Europe or. Yeah. You would think they'll. Give him a couple, two or three years, I'll probably do it. Yeah, well, you know, let Stephen Piercy go, uh, you know, play Happy Jack's Beer and Bowling, <laughs> you know, uh, for a couple years. 
making pennies. And then, you know, just like you said, whoever runs M3 is going to be like, oh, here's X amount of dollars, and they'll do it. They will. Yep. Well, on that note, I, I think we're... I think we're running out Are of topics done? for the day. Yeah, well, we had we had a good run. We got a, we got a lot of stuff in. We talked about some good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, if you guys agree with us or disagree, let us know. Uh, you know, send us love, send us hate, you know, whatever. We welcome it all. And as always, be sure to check us out online. We've got a website. It's www.thethunderunderground.com. We've got links to all our social media on there we're on facebook we're on twitter we're on instagram we're also on youtube we've got a youtube channel where we post playlists for every episode and we'll post one up there for this just search for episode 13 you can hear some some rat some sons of texas that's right some king diamond that's right some the new striper the new seven dust and everything else we talked about and trip might even throw in the new mumford and sons song well, for you because i know y'all are fans of that Yes, and it's very topical to this episode. So topical. Yes. And as we mentioned last episode, this episode is sponsored by no one. So if you would like to sponsor a future episode or every episode, send us an email at thethunderunderground at gmail.com or send us a message on Facebook. We'd be more than happy to promote your product or your business or yep. your band or anything for a couple bucks. I don't know. Yep. Yep. You, know, you hey, never know. We've got to spend money on this equipment and on these hosting sites and everything, so we'll be more you than know, happy. Nature Box, me undies, whatever. We can do it. <laughs> I don't See, know we just the, did it right there. Yeah, you gave free promotion to Jericho's sponsors. Well, you know, whatever. I'm just saying. I'm just, it, it's kind of like an audition. This is what we can do. That's true. Like right now, I can hold this up and go, thanks for the Newcastle, Trent. <laughs> Newcastle, Thunder Underground, brought to you by the Brown, the one and only. Brown ale. We might get in trouble for doing this, but yeah, fuck it. It's free promotion. Why do they care? Yeah, true. I don't know. We're not plastering our logo on our stuff. No, yet. no. But, but we will have a t-shirt. But we're whores enough where we would do that. Yeah. If, if you want your logo plastered on a t-shirt, then send us money and we'll make it. If you are a woman with child and you want to put your logo on your pregnant belly and walk around the mall, we are open to that. I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> that would that would mean we had to pay them to put our logo on. That's oh shit. That's backwards, right? Oh fuck. Edit that out. Right. <laughs> I thought I'd be funny. And it backfired on me. Right. We need to go. Alright. Well, once again, thanks for listening to this episode, and we will see you next time.